Hey guys, welcome back to The Ferguson Show. So today we're going to be talking about the potential crash in America, and I'm gonna be talking about some numbers with you, as well as what could be leading up potentially to the future of our currency. Treasury Secretary by the name of Janet Yellen has actually been saying uh, within this past few weeks, um, she's actually said it uh, a couple different times within the past several months, but um, recently she came out and she basically is uh, urging a big, big warning to America about the potential of a collapse. As we know, we know that the government since about last year has been enormously, uh, unfortunately, bringing out and sending out a lot of debt to the populace of America, whether it's stimulus checks, whether it's unemployment, the rent moratoriums where realtors and or not realtors, uh, people who own properties of land like real estate, whether it's commercial or residential or, uh, you know, duplexes, etc. They haven't been getting their payments. A lot of people have been getting um, off of, uh, you know, the hook with that. So we know that, you know, different landlords are not they haven't been getting their rent and people have been getting Scott They've been getting away scot-free with this. Obviously, though, they're going to have to pay a lot of that back to their landlords over time. That's not just something where it's a get-out-of-jail-free card. They are going to have to pay it back, but they're off the hook in the meantime. But we know that um, you know situations like that or the unemployment being extended um, or the excessive stimulus that keeps um, producing in our economy uh, loads and loads of debt, we know that this is not a good thing. It's never a good thing when you're continuing to print money countless amounts of time. So um, one of the main things, I wanted to go over some numbers. One of the main things that um, I've noticed more so recently in my own life, and this has been going on for you know probably the last several months, is the increase in inflation. You know, I saw a little bit of inflation this year, but I didn't really think anything of it. But more so recently, you know, I go to the Habit Burger just to grab, you know, a burger, some fries and a drink. And it used to be about $8. Now it's up to about $12, $13. Granted, I do live in California. We have the highest sales tax, income tax, et cetera, tax. <laughs> you know, my income tax went up $100 this year. It was ridiculous than it comparably did last year. But regardless of that, I see that there is a big problem with, uh, with this taxation and inflation. And uh, more so recently, I've really uh, been aware of this. And most of the financial literate people out there, you already know that I'm just speaking basic rudimentary math here. <laughs> but for the average Joe um, that maybe isn't so equipped on finance, uh, you know, maybe you haven't realized, but the inflation is exorbitant and it's crazy. And the main thing that I want to stress here is that this is what happens with inflation is it slowly enters your economic workforce, economic um, living situation at a slow speed, but then gradually becomes more rapid. And I think it's become even more rapid due to the fact that uh, we've had you know, multiple stimulus checks being sent out within the past year, some that have been under the Trump administration, some that have been under the Biden administration. And then more so recently, they said they're going to most likely send out another stimulus check. 
And in California, they're actually planning on sending a $600 stimulus check to most of the residents that live out here, which is ridiculous. Um, I am not for government stimulus anymore. I am not for any of it. It is just causing more harm than good, and it's devaluing our dollar by too much. So I wanted to go over just a quick thing. So as of August 31st, 2020 of last year, we had a debt uh, of $20.83 trillion. Again, that's $20 trillion. And the uh, intragovernmental holdings were about uh, $5.88 trillion. But the total national debt now is $26.70 trillion, which I believe is going to go to about $27, $28 trillion with this new stimulus that's passed out. Um, and this was all at towards the end of 2020. Uh, and the debt that was held by the public was approximately 99.3% of the GDP and approximately 37% of the public debt was owned by foreigners. So that could be our trade, that could be um, people that uh, are illegal migrants in the country, et cetera, um, that could be having debt, et cetera, or just other foreigners that are here, you know, maybe visiting the country or um, contributing to more of that debt. Uh, so that's obviously a problem. And what I see is that most likely within either this year or next year, we're going to see a catastrophic um, crash. Now, there's people like Dan Pena, who if you don't know Dan Pena, he's an economist. He's an entrepreneur, uh, a business guru that basically has come out and said, look, our dot com and OA crash was at about 400 billion before the bubble popped. And now we're at about 800 billion, which that has doubled within the past 13 years since the OA crash. I see this as obviously a big problem. Not only that, but the two last crashes were right at about, I believe the dot-com was 430 billion and then the 08 was 400 billion. But now this crash could potentially, it's doubled that from what two of those decades were. And, you know, my big problem is, is that how much of the dollar are we really going to be able to string up and keep? You know, that's the biggest um, problem that I see. And I think people just need to be cognizant and start thinking about, well, do I have a backup plan? And what is this backup plan? What can I do to prevent myself from getting out on the streets, to prevent myself from um, you know, going this way? And I think most people need to have a backup plan. Now, I am not going to go as far as to explain um, in this podcast, what you could be doing to prepare for that, because there's so many gurus and so many, not just gurus, but, but actual financial specialists that have gone through and analysts that have gone through this multiple decades and have said, this is probably going to be the best bet for you in this situation. And this is what you should do. But also there's just going to be that thing of like, sometimes you can't always prepare for these things. Sometimes these things are just inevitably going to happen. No one knows uh, for certain when the stock market's going to crash. Everybody is just projecting it's a huge bubble that's ready to burst. Um, so I did want to uh, talk about some things when it comes to how this debt kind of came to be within the past 13 years. So a big portion of the debt that came was companies uh, grabbing loans from banks and putting them back into their stock over time to beef them up. And the, and 
one of the main reasons how I know that this is going on is because of what's called EV EBITDA ratio. That's a evaluation of a company. Um, I generally use that amongst any of the other, um, you know, looking at whether it's a market cap of a stock, um, a price to earnings ratio. I look at the EV EBITDA ratio because that is probably one of the most accurate yet least used in the financial world. So a lot of companies are unfortunately overvalued right now. A healthy EV EBITDA ratio is between one and 10. I've seen some at 14, 20, 26, 45, 85. And then I've seen uh, a few uh, that were at about 175, which is grossly overvalued as a company. On top of you having people leveraging their stocks, you know, they go and they um, loan out money through a bank and then, or not even a bank, a credit card, um, or some of these, uh, you know, stock market platforms like M1 Finance, could be Robinhood, could be Weeble, that basically provide you access if you hold a certain amount of uh, positions and holdings in your stock portfolio, where you can essentially uh, grab money and leverage whatever stock you're on. The problem is, is that um, I would say one of the biggest companies that's over leveraged right now and overvalued is going to be Tesla. Tesla is sitting at about 175 of a ratio for their EV EBITDA ratio. Um, I think their debts uh, and their actual earnings and whatnot, I think they might be leveled, but don't quote me on it. I would have to go back and, and look at that analysis. But what I can say is if, they're at, if their evaluation is overvalued, it's probably the debt outweighs the gross profit. And I mean, it makes sense. I think that Tesla is uh, most likely going to be profitable in the future, just not right now when this crash is uh, imminent and it's precedent on our economy. Um, so you have these big companies that are overvalued, maybe Apple, Microsoft. Um, and again, this is an example, not saying they're completely overvalued, but you have these big companies that are overvalued. They're taking out exorbitant amounts of loans to put back into their stock um, and basically beef up the price. Then people will buy into this, whether they're using leverage or their own money. And it'll just create this big cycle of debt that the company has and also people leveraging the debt uh, into the stock. And the problem is, is that there's no money really being made because it's all money coming from a bank. That's the biggest problem that people don't see is that uh, there's no actual um, transactional proof to say our sales outbeats what our debt says it is. So that's the biggest problem that companies have. And I'm not just saying, you know, Tesla has a situation. I'm just saying a majority of companies right now are way over leveraged and way overvalued and people are going to get a big smack in the face. Now you have that debt, right? Then you have your government debt, stimulus, moratoriums, uh, unemployment insurance by the federal government or by your local or state uh, judiciaries that are making this kind of like a hidden law that you don't even realize is going on. So you obviously have all these things that are uh, going on here. And that's also contributing to the debt because the Federal Reserve has to keep printing the money, not only for the banks and the companies that are getting loans, but now they're having to print money for the populace, for governmental spending. You know, I believe Joe Biden just passed the 1.5 or $2.5 trillion in, uh, industrial plan or infrastructure plan. I'm sorry. And I mean, 
when we look at this as a whole, this is going to be, uh, I'm, I'm all about infrastructure. Uh, I actually think sustainable energy and things like that is going to produce a good amount of uh, income for business owners in the future because we are going to more sustainable, energy-efficient um, solutions compared to what we've had. But I mean, when we look at it as a whole, it's not uh, something that you need to spend exorbitant, exorbitant amounts of money right now. A lot of these solar companies, their technology isn't even full-blown proof yet. It's still in the developmental stages. You know, so AI is brand new to this, this new decade. You know, AI is probably most likely going to be half complete by 2030 and fully complete maybe by 2040, 2050. Could come, could come sooner, could come later, but that's just what my opinion and perspective is on that. Um, but mainly, I just see this as a big, uh, you know, problem a big spending problem. So with all of this going on between the government, corporations uh, grabbing money, and also the populace, if they have uh, positions in stock and they're trying to leverage because they think that you know their stock is going to just go skyrocket one day, it's just going to go all the way up because this company is saying they're pumping out this product and that product. The problem is, is that uh, most of that money that's leveraged is coming from a bank and the bank is not getting their money. Um, Another thing that uh, I wanted to mention, and this is actually from one of my good friends that actually told me this this week. Um, I don't know if most of you out there are familiar um, with the platform called Affirm, but Affirm is uh, pretty unique, pretty different compared to most credit card agencies or companies um, or most places where you would grab debt from via a bank. And it's really cool because uh, the interest rates usually are locked in. Um, just like any other bank, uh, banking, uh, you know, industry, um, or institution. And it's a really, really cool platform because you can kind of pay, not only pay as you go, but you have more time to pay and you're not going to get penalized if you don't make your payment, you know, within the month or else your interest rate will grow up or you'll get, you'll get a late fee. It's not like that. It's just a platform where you can literally, uh, invest, you know, into something, a product or service and just pay that back within, t within time being of whenever you can pay it back at a, a very uh, conservative interest rate and not be penalized every month to have to pay it. You just have to pay it, um, you know, at a certain time, you can take your money with it, uh, take your time with it, take your money with it. <laughs> um, you can do all those things. So what he was telling me is that this week he actually tried to, uh, you know, cause some, you know, companies like Amazon or Walmart or Target, even they're obviously always offering their own credit cards with different APRs that you can basically get at an affordable rate, uh, for whatever financial situ situation you, you're in. Um, so he tried to go to several different companies and also several different banks. Now it could, it could have just been a one day type of situation. Um, but I did see something on YouTube yesterday that kind of screamed, um, you know, a haul. I'll try to see if I can find the video and link it in the description for you guys. But um, it did say that, uh, you know, banks, banking institutions, companies that offer APRs such as credit cards, uh, they're now starting to freeze them. And that's what he told me the other day. He said he went through five companies and eight different banking institutions. And they all said they were freezing their APRs. 
which is a bad, bad sign. When you have banks or big, um, big tech companies or big companies overall that are that used to offer credit cards, and I'm saying used to because if they're freezing everything, then you're not offering the service. If they're freezing their APRs and locking them up and saying, hey, we can't loan any more money out, that's a big, big problem. Big problem. Because that means that that company has debt. That means that company can no longer offer anything because they have so much money to pay back to the bank that they don't have and their gross profit margins are not compensating what their debt is. If your gross profit margins are exceeding what your uh, debt margin is, then that's perfect. You're in the golden. But if you're breaking even or you're under that, your debt is under your profit margin, that's a big no-no. And that's why, uh, you know, with Amazon or Target or Walmart or et cetera, uh, I can't speak to their numbers at this moment. But if you have companies as that, as an example, that are basically saying, hey, we can't, uh, you know, lend you out any more money, that's a problem. And I'm not saying those three companies, by the way, were the companies that basically told him no. I'm just using those as an example of big box retailer stores that are now saying no. And also big banks, Chase Bank, Bank of America, uh, you know, any of those types of banking or retail uh, companies, it, it's a big problem. So my main thing that I want to stress here is, is that um, if you have stocks, if you have bonds, if you have uh, Roth IRAs, just be very careful right now. The market is extremely volatile, as I'm sure most of you have heard. And if you have not, I'm the first, I guess, to tell you. It's extremely volatile based on the government spending, the debt ratio that these companies have, and the leverage spending that individuals are using to get money out of their stock. That's the biggest problem. So what do I think personally is going to happen? I, I think the value of the dollar will uh, inevitably crash at some point. The Federal Reserve will, they basically have two options. Their option is basically to digitize their currency, meaning crypto, or they do nothing about it and let the dollar have its way. Because eventually at some point, the dollar is going to be no more. Unfortunately, that currency is slowly evaporating into thin air. It, it, it can't hold up anymore. The inflation is, is too high, too high. So, um, and I think this time around, this crash is not going to be, you know, our last crash, uh, you know, was the housing market. This time, this crash is going to be the debt crash, debt crash. You heard me right, which is crazy. You would think you're borrowing money from a bank, you'd be paying it back honestly, but unfortunately you're not. Um, I'm going to go into uh, cryptocurrency in one second. I just wanted to touch on some companies that are undervalued right now. And that if you are investing in the stock market, um, different stocks I personally would pick. Um, and it's not because I'm personally picking them. This is based on analytical research. Sorry, I can't even talk today. Analytical research I've done and also different podcasts or different platforms I've used like YouTube um, or even Spotify or any type of financial platforms where I've been able to hear millionaires, billionaires, people say, hey, these are the stocks to invest in while we could potentially go through a crash. Um, so some of those stocks that I've heard are going to be your grocery stores, um, Facebook, Google, uh, your healthcare stocks, um, one of them being Cardigan Health. 
Um, another one could be United Healthcare. Uh, you know, any healthcare stocks that you can find, pharmaceutical stocks, um, things that are going to be of great need regardless of a recession. So if you have stocks in the automotive industry, if you have stocks in the banking industry, if you have stocks in Tesla, I hate to say it, I'm not saying you have to deplete your shares, but maybe you should sell a little bit of it. Um, if you have stocks in non-essentials, that is going to be probably, um, that's probably going to crush your spirit because those are the stocks that most likely are going to uh, lose a, a big ton. Why do I say this? Well, remember how I said that I listened to a few different people that um, are gurus about what they do or what they know uh, or what they're currently, what their stock positions are invested in. Um, one of them is Michael Burry. And if you guys don't know who Michael Burry is, Michael Burry is the one who conducted what's called put options, which means you bet against a stock going down in value uh, over time. So that way you can get capital. So Michael Burry bet against the stock market based off of his own research that he did. And this is one of the main reasons why I use the EV EBITDA uh, evaluation, because this is how he evaluates companies. And I figured, hey, that's actually a pretty good solution. And plus, not a lot of people look into that and do that. So might as well do it. So he actually bet against Tesla uh, $730 million, uh, I believe, in put options against Tesla that inevitably Tesla, it may not crash, but it's going, it's stock market uh, price. Uh, its market cap is inevitably going to deplete. It's not going to be anymore. And since I have my computer in front of me, I am going to tell you guys what currently Tesla's market cap is. So Tesla's current market cap is $728.92 billion, which their stock price is at about $730, $736. So it mirrors their market cap. What he's saying is that that price on that stock is not actually factual. It is way overvalued. And this is why when we go back to the EV EBITDA ratio, it was way over. So he has put in a bunch of put options against uh, different companies. And one of the biggest ones is going to be Tesla. He inevitably thinks Tesla will go down in value. It will be a sustainable company. He's not saying that it's not going to exist. But the market cap of what it's at is not actually factual. It's um, it's a it's fairy dust. It's a what's called a fugazi. It's not really something that is there. You know, um, there is money in the stock. It's just not what it is. It's overvalued. So uh, he actually suggested to invest in those companies like Google, Facebook, Cardigan Health, um, Walmart, uh, because that's a big box retailer. Um, I believe another one was McKesson, which is a pharmaceutical company. Again, going back to what we talked about a few minutes ago, pharmaceutical companies being uh, the potential um, for crashes and to sustain you know, money within that while everybody else is kind of unfortunately going to be going through a, a recession. So he specifically named those companies. Now, take it with a grain of salt. I don't listen to everything that he says because you can't really listen to these billionaires and millionaires all the time. Obviously, you have to do your own research and you have to use discernment with this. Those stocks work for them and their portfolio because of the specific uh, financial position that they're in. That's not to say, oh yeah, like go just copy them and it'll work for you. You never, honestly, and I used to think the same thing. You guys aren't alone in this, but 
You never want to copy someone's portfolio. You always want to have your own portfolio that you can understand and that you're willing, you're willing to invest money in, uh, regardless of losses or gains and, you know, invest in things that you truly understand. See, I've been working in retail and, um, mainly retail and security my whole life. So I'm more apt to pick out some blue chip stocks in the retail sector um, and maybe some type of uh, cybersecurity companies or just overall security companies um, that I could probably invest in because I understand the need and the um, you know position that most of these companies take. So one of the most interesting things, uh, let alone from Michael Berry and what you know he was saying was Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett, uh, for the past year, has been investing heavily in the Kroger stock. And if you don't know what Kroger is, Kroger is a uh, grocery company that, um, you know, is a grocery company. They sell groceries. Uh, they have an e-commerce service. They, um, they have a lot of uh, pretty interesting stuff there. And they're starting to develop uh, different things. Like they actually copycatted uh, Amazon with drone delivery because that's going to be a thing in the future. So they're actually working on drone delivery. And I haven't seen too many grocery stores adapt this, including Walmart. I'm sure Walmart will, though. But um, going back to it, Warren Buffett, he, he invested uh, 50% more in his position with Kroger on top of a few pharmaceutical stocks. And I think another, you know, uh, fast food chain or retail chain, I can't remember off the top of my head because his 13 F filing, which is just a, um, not like a balance sheet. It's similar to a balance sheet, but it just basically shows anybody that's a publicly owned company like Berkshire, Shire Hathaway. They, they kind of have to show their, uh, stocks by law just because they're public and they have a lot of money. <laughs> um, but on its 13F filing, it showed that uh, he invested out of all the other five stocks that he bought because he sold off a lot of the other stocks, which were banking, um, some were in uh, tech companies, some were just in, in companies that aren't essential. 50% out of all the f five or six other stocks that he bought that he repositioned, 50% was in Kroger stock. And that just goes to show he might know something that we don't. Are we going to have another pandemic, a shortage on supplies? You know, we see now uh, Joseph R. Biden has now made uh, federal mandates for vaccines. Well, we know not everybody is into the vaccine. Could this lead towards truck drivers, industry plant uh, employees, um, people that are manufacturing uh, buildings that work for these big, large retail companies? Could we see them walk off the job? Who, how are they going to hire people? Who's going to replace those jobs? Um, and if they do get replacements, they might just get temps. How long are they going to really be in there for, you know, and they don't have the adequate or proper training that the other guys that walked off the job had because they're just a temp agency, you know, who knows? So if we see something like that, that would uh, really crush the economy because now you have no goods or services that you can distribute out to your local retail stores to sell to your customers that need those things, such as groceries, you know, such as products from Amazon. You know, uh, I, I know I've ordered a lot of stuff through uh, the pandemic through Amazon and I appreciate their services to an extent because they get my products here quicker than waiting on USPS or UPS to deliver my stuff in five to seven business days. And if they have orders backlogged while well, I could be looking at 10 to 14, <laughs> you know? So I think we just need to 
Uh, it, it's a wait and see type of thing. But going back to it, 50% of his portfolio, uh, or not portfolio, 50% of his positions changed and 50% was put in to Kroger stock on top of the other percentages he put into the pharmaceutical industry and retail industry. Um, so we just need to be aware of what stocks we're investing in during this time due to its volatility. Um, last but not least, I want to talk about where I think the future of cryptocurrency and the future of the dollar uh, could come to um, a head. And what I think right now is people in the crypto space, including myself, I'm a big believer in cryptocurrency and I didn't believe in it before until I really most recently got interested in it and I've done a lot of research on it. I've spent hours and hours and hours on video after video, article after article, um, just listening to different uh, specialist experts um, and even some YouTubers that have been in the game for a while and, and actually had substantial gains within their holdings for the past, you know, eight years since they've, you know, Bitcoin has kind of surfaced. And I spent till 2am in the morning, man, it's almost like an obsession. It's pretty bad. But, uh, but yeah, no, um, what I think could potentially happen is that if the dollar does deplete, and the Federal Reserve is pretty much on the brink of that, if it depletes, I think cryptocurrency will be the new way of currency. And and it's a bold statement to say, and many people are probably going to hate me or disagree with me. And, you know, quite frankly, you're entitled to your opinion. I don't care what you think about me or what you say about me because I believe in crypto. I could give two shits. Okay. If you want to be left in the dark with your dollar, go ahead, have it, have it your way, like Burger King, whatever the hell the slogan is. Anyway, Long story short, I think cryptocurrency is going to be the way of the future. Now, I'm not saying buy a bunch of crypto today and get a gain and then go, buy, you know, go spend it because some industries and retailers are now accepting crypto. That would be highly stupid for me to say. And I don't even believe in that in myself. Buy and hold, buy and hold, buy and hold. Okay. That's what you need to be doing. That's what I would say. And again, I'm not a financial advisor. Please consult your own financial advisor through everything. Um, I'm just saying it makes more sense to invest in crypto now rather than later if it's already heading in that direction. Um, You know, I'm not going to go into the specifics of crypto. You need to do your own research. You need to look up some of these people that know completely what it is. I know a, a base knowledge of what it is. Crypto, I believe, is going to be the future, and I believe our dollars are actually being absorbed to sustain the credibility of our dollar in a new currency, which will be cryptocurrency. And cryptocurrency is not just in the United States. It's also in multiple other countries. Um, It just has not been adapted by most governments yet. I know, I think it was El Salvador uh, just recently adapted uh, Bitcoin as a method of payment in that country. So now you can use cryptocurrency and you can use cryptocurrency on certain purchases um, that you can make, uh, you know, if they do accept that as payment. But I would highly recommend not to because crypto is still in the volatile stage. It's still developing. It's 
how I can use it, uh, use an example to this. It's kind of like artificial intelligence, right? It's kind of like AI. AI, it takes a few years before the system itself can really learn and, and adapt to its new roles. The same thing with, um, with cryptocurrency is it's a highly volatile asset. It's a highly volatile um, holding that you can have. I would not suggest spending it. I would suggest buying it uh, with no more than what you can lose based on your salary. Um, and then at that point, holding it, hold it for the long term. You know, there was a guy I watched yesterday on the Dave Ramsey show, which I'm not really a big fan of Dave Ramsey, but he was his, uh, something that I looked up with crypto came up and they recommended to watch his video. So I watched it <laughs> and this guy, he says, Oh yeah. In, in 2014, I invested into, uh, five different Bitcoins and now the holdings on it are worth, you know, over a hundred thousand dollars, something like that. So cryptocurrency, when people say it's a Ponzi scheme, people say that it's, um, it's not going to amount to anything. It's, it's going to go down in value. It's people are going to hack into it, whatever. I just ignore those people because a lot of the times they don't know what they're talking about. They don't do research. They don't read books. They don't do anything. They just make a judgment call based on what they believe and what they think they know. But inevitably they're the ones that are going to be left behind because guess what, buddy? I did my research and your dollar is going to go to shit in the US potentially if it keeps going the way it's going. So you're not going to really have a leg to stand on. You know? Anyway, so I think that um if people don't start investing in cryptocurrency now, you're just going to be left behind. Why not deposit some of this dirty money from the government that we have? Why not let it get absorbed in actual appreciating assets over the next 10 to 15 to 20 years, grow in value. Like that's the biggest thing. See, Bitcoin at the time, if you were in 2014 and the share price was two to $300 um, a coin, obviously at that time it did not appreciate, but Bitcoin recently appreciated 45 to $50,000, give or take, because we just had a correction in, in the crypto within the past month or two, but it's appreciated in value. So you need to be thinking about appreciating assets. Crypto is also decentralized and that's a big stipulation. We think that one day it can become centralized, but it's going to be very, very difficult because its platform is based off of decentralization, not centralization. Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, one of the biggest ones I love right now is uh, Cardano or Cardano. <laughs> um, cryptocurrency is used to eliminate the middleman, you know, whether it's um, healthcare, real estate. Uh, making it just a, a transaction, a transaction deal with um, a partner, a friend, whoever it's, it's used to eliminate, you know, the middleman from getting all those things done. So for instance, if it's a real estate situation where you want to buy a house, it's going to eliminate the realtor or the escrow pricing that you have to pay on top of, you know, your principal and interest and value of the home when you put a, you know, down payment down. Um, so, you know, Essentially, I think crypto will be literally the bank, but a decentralized bank in the future um, could be centralized based on wherever you live and whatever government you have in your country or state or whatever, what have you. But the main thing is right now is its platform is built on decentralization. And I think we need to be thinking about that because most people right now are literally just thinking, oh yeah, the dollar is going to be great. It's going to be another generation of people having it. And it's just incorrect. 
when they have what's called smart contracts come out, which they're already, they're already have some smart contracts that have already been produced. But when they actually start becoming a thing in the future, it's going to, going to eliminate a lot of these financial banks, um, realtors in the real estate market. Um, it could eliminate billing departments and healthcare. I mean, it could eliminate a lot of different jobs, but I think it's going to be good for the consumer rather than the, you know, person who's collecting, if you will. So anyway, I do have an Instagram, right? It's the underscore Ferguson show or the underscore Ferguson show. I have a Facebook uh, page where I produce video content um, on there as well uh, about, you know, personal finance, politics, and uh kind of like cinematic, um, uh, short, uh, short videos, um, or short films. So if you guys are interested in checking that out, you obviously can, you don't have to, it's up to you. Um, but if you follow me on the Instagram, which I'll link in the description below, you can access my YouTube page. Cause that's where all my video content is on, uh, on that link as well as, um, another, uh, link. It's a, um, a link from Coinbase uh, that you can basically follow if you are interested in uh, signing up today uh, on what's called Coinbase, which is a uh, cryptocurrency mobile exchange platform where you can buy and sell uh, crypto or um, uh, convert coins into other coins, etc. So I'll give you the referral link. That's basically what it is. It's not an affiliate link. I know that I said that earlier. <laughs> but that's what it is. That's going to be it for today. If you guys appreciate it and like the podcast, please feel free to check in next week. I will have another podcast up, uh, probably going into more of crypto or um, some political things because this channel is going to be on personal finance, politics, and general life stuff. Um, So if you guys do enjoy it, uh, please feel free to drop in next week and I will see you guys then. Take care and have a great Sunday. Peace. Push it to the limit, I can't go no more